Hey, welcome to another episode of the Big Red Dram. I'm your host, Jason Langer. As always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you know, today's, uh, you know, I, I've got a little bit of, um, I don't know, trepidation about uh, trepidation about doing this episode after following up with last week's episode with uh, that fantastic interview with Charlie Rodman. And that really was just a lot of fun. And um, I don't know how you follow that up, right? It's uh, it was probably my the most popular episode I've done to date, obviously. Uh, that's my first interview, so it gives people a lot of information that um, – I think it was very helpful and it was very, it was a lot of fun to do it. Charlie was a lot of fun to talk to. And uh, I really look forward to doing more interviews with other people in this industry. Um, and yeah, I mean, as of last week, it's 53 plays in a week. That's pretty good. Um, all things considered, right? I haven't, uh, I think the most I have up to that point was my um, Blanton's episode, I think. Was it? F- uh, 44. So, uh, and that was shit almost a year ago today. <laughs> um, that was my fourth episode about a, uh, published that on the 12th of February. And, um, that one was 44. A lot of people want to know about Blanton's and you know, it's funny how Blanton's was, it smelled like home when I did that episode and it was really kind of the thing at the time. And, uh, I really enjoyed that whiskey and how far down the list it's gotten since then. Um, and in only a short time, I mean, a year is, is a long time, but in reality it's a short time too. And it, a lot can change in that amount of time. Right. So, um, this episode was tough cause I couldn't really figure out what I wanted to talk about. Uh, I had an idea cause I was working on getting another bottle of 1792 and I'm working on the vertical, they call it. So that's usually, what that means is the whole range that you can get, uh, including some of the special releases. If you can get an entire year's worth or thereabouts of, um, or the whole list of the special releases that they have. So they have, um, 1792 actually has a wide range, about nine different bottles, actually. Um, small batch, single barrel, the bottled and bond, the ones I have, the foolproof, the sweet wheat and the age 12 years now there's three others that are missing from there there's a high rye there's a portwood and then there's a i think it's a 225th anniversary edition those are the ones that are all out there those last three are the three that i'm missing um but over the course of over the past i was gonna say over the past and i went over the course and as a result went anyway uh over the past couple of weeks month or so uh, working with the Bourbon Thieves and was able to get a bottled and bond store pick, a single barrel store pick, and the uh, age to 12 year. And then through one of my members of the Wheat and Whiskey Club, he had an extra sweet wheat, and I picked that up today. So I'm very pleased to have gotten my hands on six of the nine. And uh, we're going to try to go through them all tonight. <laughs> so this ought to be great. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? Um, so if you recall, there is an episode that I did. Oh, geez. Back in the beginning, I want to say probably, let's see. I bet you it's in here. There it is. April 29th of 2020. I talked about the small batch and the foolproof. The small batch I felt was a little thin. I thought it had a good, it had a good nose. It had a good 
body for the most part, but it was a little light in the flavor profile and the finish was a little lackluster. The foolproof was a whole nother animal, right? It's it was sixty two and a half percent alcohol, so it's running at one hundred twenty five proof, and it was it was a flavor bomb. It was really intense, and it had a lot of nice character. But we'll revisit that because I don't think I've had it in a while, to be honest. I know I haven't had a small batch in a while, but what I'm trying to figure out is what order I'm going to drink these in. Um, two of them being store picks, they're not going to be um, kind of in line so to speak because they're going to be a little off of what the standard single barrel will be um because they do release just single barrels i think to the general public you know i don't even know if that's true they probably all picks of some sort but i don't know that for a fact um yeah they don't really put these in any order either uh, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put them in order of proof for these three. So I'll have the small batch of single barrel and bottled and bond. So the single barrel, and that's kind of how I was going to do it anyway. It comes in at 49.3 and the bottled and bond, of course, at 100. And then I will go... Man, I probably want to do that that full proof at the end. Um, if I do it at proof, then the sweet wheat comes in at first on the next three. Sweet wheat would be at 45.6. <clears throat> it's not even been opened yet. Neither has my uh, single barrel. Uh, 48.3 for the age 12 year, and then the full proof at the gasoline. I think it's uh, e, what is it? Uh, 92 octane. 62.5%. All right. Trying to be funny. And I couldn't think of an octane number that was high enough. They are 100 octane. But anyway, what the hell am I talking about? Move on, eh? All right. So small batch, 1792, 46.85. Now the Barton, 1792, the very old Barton distillery is in Bardstown. I don't, we've talked about this before. Um, awesome distillery. A lot of the, it's right in the heart of downtown Bardstown. Uh, as you pull into town, it's literally in the middle of town. It was actually down the street from where we stayed and we were in Bardstown and it's a beautiful distillery. It's kind of actually recessed a little bit into a little bit of a valley and then up the hill. And it's, um, I think a lot of the Rick houses were black too, kind of like, um, Jim Beam, but, uh, it was, it was a stunning distillery. It really was, but we didn't really get a chance to visit it. Um, they weren't having tours during the time we were there and, Obviously, COVID, so things were dialed back a bit. So really all we could do is we did a little tasting at the gift house, but the only the gift shop, sorry, and the only really offering they had at the gift shop at the time was a small batch. And they had the big ones, they had the little ones, and they had the standard 750s, um, but small batch isn't really my thing. I was hoping they had that 1792 display that is actually on their website because that's pretty cool. I would like to get my hands on one of those. Um, but anyway... Oh, horrible pop. Oh, my cork's a little dry. Probably because they haven't touched it in a while. So I'm going to have to watch my pores on these. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say by the time I get through the single barrel and bottled and bond, my palate will be nice and ready for the other three. So while I'm letting this breathe a little bit, oh, that is candy. Small batch just has a nice nose to it. I'm 
almost positive I said the same thing when I did the, the review back in April. It's just the mouth, the palate was lacking. <clears throat> it was a little... Ugh. It was a little short in its profile. And there's some serious... Anyway. <laughs> so... You know, it nose is great. 1792 has a nice nose profile. Slight floral. Vanillas, caramels, your typical bourbon notes. Some brown sugar. Some nice sweetness. There's a little bit of baking spice in the back end. The back end meaning you kind of get it towards the end of your initial nosing. So you can kind of pick up some initial impression and then in my opinion the back end of that statement is after you've nosed it a little bit you start to kind of some things start to come to the surface at the back or at the end of your nosing so if you're starting out early your initial impression is some of those vanillas the caramels the sugar the brown sugar and a slight hint of oakiness but then as you're really getting into it at the back end of what you're smelling, there's a little bit of baking spice and some floral notes there. I think they're a little more in the back than they are in the front. And the mouth is, again, it's underwhelming uh, for, for what it is. Uh, it's, it's pretty common-ish in a price point of this kind of magnitude for $24, $29. Um, small batches usually right around there. It's actually dropped a little bit now. Um, it has, you know, it just has, it has a, a thin bourbon profile. And by thin, it doesn't have a big burst of flavor. It's, it, it's more, um, there's more alcohol kind of, there's more of an alcohol grain palate taste there that is kind of getting in the way of the vanillas and the caramels and the, and the light little bit of chocolate and some little bit of oakiness that is present in this um, but it's just thin it just feel it just tastes a little watered down it tastes a little almost not sour but it just it wasn't really my favorite when I, you know, reviewed it again back in April. But for what it is, I guess it's a decent entry level. But it's almost a turnoff in a way, because if that's your initial that's how you your if that's what your first impression is, if that's what 1792 wants their first impression to be, <clears throat> you'd almost grab would rather grab a foolproof and just okay, just give it to me. <laughs> just give me everything you got. Because that's kind of what this the foolproof's gonna do. It, it, the Kentucky hug at the end is pleasant at least. Um, and it's, it's not a bad aftertaste. It's just that palate. The palate is just a little weak. And I think I rated it in the, in the low eighties when I rated it. Um, and it's just, it's not, again, it's not a knock on it. It's just, that's what it is. It's, it's a small batch and it's an entry level for them. The entry levels aren't going to be fantastic for everybody, especially when you've got nine bottles in the range. Um, you're going to start saving some of that, good stuff for the other guys. So 
There's a little bit of fruit there too. A little bit of cherry sweetness. Tiny bit. Some little fruit. But anyway, on to the Singer Barrel. So the Singer Barrel, did I say Singer Barrel? The Single Barrel is a Wyoming package pick. You know what? I don't know where it came from. Um, <clears throat> one of the guys that I've talked to on the Bourbon Thieves um, sent it to me. You know what? Yeah, I'm an idiot. Okay, so it was Rhode Island. So it was a store pick out of Rhode Island. Uh, Rich J. 1971 is uh, from the Bourbon Thieves is who hooked me up with this one. Um, again, I'm very, very grateful for it. Uh, haven't even opened it yet. I was waiting for this episode in particular because I was working on the 12 year actually no, i got the 12 year first then i got no i didn't i got the <laughs> i got the bottled bottled in bond first from the bourbon estate and then i got the age 12 year from um oh geez hang on from malt and barley uh guy out of california and then the uh single barrel was from rich in rhode island so um the single barrel is what we'll do next and it is Again, a store pick, 49.3%. Oh, that was kind of weak sauce. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so anyway, it's got to be a good cork pop. It does. Uh, the squeak's always nice, but it's got to have a nice... So that's what we're looking for. Um, this will be a neck pour. So I'm going to have my... Oh, boy, I'm pouring heavy, too. So by the time I get to foolproof, I'll probably be slurring my speech. Uh, I already am kind of since I had a light, uh, light dinner. Now see the nose on a single barrel is way sweeter. A lot more honey, a lot more, a lot more sweet caramel. Still a hint of brown sugar. Oh, the vanilla is there too. It's just glorious. Just a huge difference. Seriously, between the small batch and the single barrel, just what a difference that makes. And it's, you find that in a lot of things. Now, we just did, I'm going to segue for just a second before I get back to the 1792, where we did the Elijah Craig pick. Finally got in, picked it up over the weekend for the Wheaton Whiskey Club and for the Chicago Land Whiskey Hunters. Um, and it clocked in just over 12 years. Um, super excited about it. We're really glad to have gotten it done. We, get, we got it finally in, like I said, brought it home, got everything stickered and all that good stuff. And uh, it is... It was just heavenly, and it's amazing when you go from a single barrel. Um, not all single barrels are going to be great, mind you, but um, we're finding that out with, with a few things here recently. But um, it can make <clears throat> a big difference from something like a smaller batch. So like the Elijah Craig small batch versus our single barrel pick is a huge difference. It's just a huge difference. Fuller body, better nose, just, just an overall just more flavor explosion and that's what this single barrel from 1792 is doing right now just out of the nose it's a sweet just just a it's just very calming it's a very pleasant very relaxing nose just full of those great typical bourbon notes simplistic not overly complex but pleasant well, let's see how it tastes. Ooh. Oh, butter. Sweet, succulent, sugar, 
caramel, brown sugar, caramel, almost gram, almost a, um, oh, for crying out loud, s'more, a little bit of marshmallow, just a little bit of chocolate, some gram, some sh- just brown sugar, vanilla, caramel, hint of oak, not even really, just a sh- nice sugary maple almost, um, not... F- well, no, I can't say maple. There's no maple there. Uh, this is always the fun part is trying to find the words, right? And, when, you know, when you were, when I was talking to Charlie, he's like, just own it. You know, just, just if you think you taste it, say it. But it wasn't maple. I, what I was trying to get at is that just that, you know, the maple charcoal that they use, the sugar maple charcoal that they use for, um, Jack Daniels. It just adds a sweetness to it. It doesn't have like a maple syrup flavor, but it's just a sweet, it's just a sweeter uh, sugar flavor <laughs> that um, this seems to have. Um, so there, take that. It's just, it's delectable. It still has a little bit of the sour, but that might just be the small batch still back there. Mmm. I should have took a glug of water before I would now it's there. That's that. That's that woody um, note a little bit towards the back end. It kind of the wood tannin kind of comes into play uh, on the second sip. The first sip is very impressive. The second sip starts to get a little woody, um, which you people, some people like, some people don't. I don't, I don't mind it. Um, but I like it in small doses. I don't like it in big doses. And it gets a little overpowering towards the back end. So we'll have to explore the single barrel once it opens up a little bit. Because, again, it's just the first pour. Never take the first pour for its its whole story. That's just not how these work. None of the whiskeys work that way. But it's got a little bit of a medicinal thing going on now. So all of a sudden it went from exciting to a little bit. Mm. But my palate's been acting weird lately. I'm not sure what I did. But it's been a little odd lately. So I'm going to move on to the um, bottled and bond. Banana Bond, James Bond. So the single barrel, though, I want to say I do like it. It is, an, it is a noticeable increase in flavor and smell. And the finish is short. Warm, but short. But it's definitely in a, a few notches above the small batch. If I would score the small batch at an 82, the single barrel is going to come in probably at about an 85. 84. A couple notches higher. That almost doesn't seem fair. But if I put the scores too high, then that means like the 12-year-old and the sweet weeder and the foolproof are going to have to score in the 90s. And I don't think the foolproof is a 90. Um, and it might not. I think this bottled and bond is going to outscore a bunch of them because I just love the way this one tastes. So, <laughs> uh, so the bottled and bond is a Nashville... The Nashville Bourbon Club, I think, Social Club, single barrel select. So it's another single barrel. Um, the only difference between these two is going to be the proof, really, because uh, they're still both single barrel picks. But this, but you know, you're looking at a uh, well, let's see, seven tenths, 
it's really not that big a deal. But the bottled and bond labeling, it's going to be handled a little bit differently. But this nose is just banana. So that was kind of the thing with this pick was the big sticker on the back is bottled and bond. Um, and he's, he's instead of his Walther PPK, it is a um, banana. And while not quite the bananas foster, I think I called it Forrester in my 1910 episode, uh, that the 1910 from old for from old Forrester kind of gives off. This is a little subtler in the nose, but it's there. Mm. So it is, again, it's not much different than a single barrel as far as a nose approach goes. It's got a little more of an ethanol burn to it. Uh, has a little banana in the back or in the integrated within the nose so it's it's actually situated within it so you're getting this this banana vanilla caramel almost ice cream sundae kind of a thing going on um a little cream a hint of a it just it's very sweet and delectable just like the single barrel was now in the mouth Oh. It's either the barrel or the proof. It's probably the barrel. But this one's got a heavier mouthfeel. It's more buttery. It's it's a softer palate. The, the flavor profile is still kind of in line. Got those vanillas, caramels, a little bit hint of this is a lighter hint of oak, but it's got that banana that we were that we were talking about in the nose end of it. And it's got sweet sugars and banana and just, uh, it's just, it's a lot lighter, almost more delicate than the single barrel. Um, but definitely none of that oak punchiness that, I, and the tannin kind of a thing I was getting out of the, um, the single barrel, at least not on the first sip. Let's see what the second sip brings. Cause it was a second sip that we tasted that on the first one or the single barrel. It's a little bit there now in a second, but this, the butteriness and the smoothness kind of holds like it's ground and it doesn't give way to that oak, um, almost oaky medicinal taste that I was getting out of the single barrel. So that's good. It really, it holds up and it's smoother and yeah, it ranks higher. It's, but it's not, I don't think we're up there yet. You know, I'm going to actually, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to rank them. I'm not going to put scores on these things. And I'm going to write this down so that I don't effing forget. But I know I already know what's at the bottom. Small batch. <laughs> Let's put... Uh, I'll just write them down and we'll put numbers on at the end. Single, B-I-B, bottled and bond. I need to pour lighter. So... While I rinse out my glass and have a sip of water and segue to the second half of this tasting, let me give you a little public service announcement about tasting barrels. So we're on our fourth pick now, as far as the Wheat and Whiskey Club is concerned. We're, uh, we're working on our fourth pick. We've, we've done a Woodford double-oaked pick that was lackluster. Um, we've done a rye three pick that we really enjoy. Um, we're a little 
worried about the bottle count, but we're but we're really happy. We're very happy with the liquid uh, that we're getting. It's going to be a pretty spectacular pick, but it's hard in Chicago with rye, and it that's the convincing people that you're not buying a rye is going to be the. Um, I mean, you are, but it doesn't taste like a rye. It's not this huge, big spice bomb that's just like 95.5, which there is some 95.5 in it, but it's just the way they blend it is so mellow and almost bourbonish. It's almost like a high rye, a sweet high rye. Um, but anyway, and then we're doing an MGP Remus pick, and that's a high rye bourbon. And if you're going to barrel taste... I think we did we did it right. Fortunately, with Elijah Craig, we had had a few drinks before we went there, and warmed up the palate, warmed up the nose. You got to warm those things up, just like anything else. You got to kind of stretch and get ready before you go in for a tasting. So, public service announcement: If you're going to go for your first tasting, or you're looking to do a tasting for your group or your club or for whatever it is you're doing, to pick a barrel for a bunch of you, make sure you have a couple of bourbons or a couple of drinks. Not like you know. A whole flight or a whole day's worth but you know one and a half two ounces two and a half three ounces worth of, of bourbon to kind of get that palate warmed up so that you can especially with a higher proof stuff because that higher proof stuff's going to hit you and this is my my good friend Narav's advice from a1 liquors because if you don't warm up the palate you're not you're gonna those higher proof stuff's gonna just blow your brains out you're not gonna like anything so anyway all right, sweet wheat, sweet sweet wheat. Ah, <laughs> uh, try saying that fast. Sweet wheat, sweet wheat, sweet wheat, sweet wheat. You're gonna sound like Tweety Bird at some point. Um, this one too is an open. Just got it today. Plastic off the top. Oh, boo! Ha! <laughs> All right, sweet sweet wheat, crafted with sweet and delicate wheat instead of the more traditional rye. This bourbon is quite distinctive for most. The soft wheat delivers a subtle and smooth taste with gentle layers of flavor. Each sip expresses a harmony of sweetness and dryness. And I should have read that with a period. Uh, enjoy this perfectly balanced flavor that will entice your senses. Um yeah, I've heard things about it. It's tough to find. It's tough to get. Uh, sweet wheat, I think, rolled through Chicago. Uh, ooh, end of fall, early winter. Um, there was some sweet wheats out there. There was also some age 12 years that were out there right around the same time that the freaking E.H. Taylor foolproofs were out, and I missed it, and I was so pissed. Because um, of the E.H. Taylors that I have now, I have two and a half small batches, a single barrel, and a rye. And I'm only looking for, only looking for a barrel proof. And then I'm done with my E.H. Taylor hunt. Um, the other ones don't interest me. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's my crusty. Um, wow. No, that's interesting. It's very sweet. Go figure. Um, I think the only other high wheat bourbon I've had is the, is the Weller 12. That might not be true because I think the Antique 107 is more of a weeded bourbon as well. This has actually got a pretty interesting nose. It's 
I'm belching up the bourbon from the last one, which is I'm sure hopefully not. I'm hopefully hoping it's not coming across. It is. This is see. This is enticing. This is one of those where I gotta turn the fan off behind me because now it's like blowing everything away from me. It's just. It's sweet. It. It. I keep saying sweet, but it is. It's sweet. It's sweet caramel, sweet vanillas. It's almost sweetened everything up. It's kind of given it a lighter, like they've added a little bit more sugar to the mix. Almost a little hint of floral. It's a more delicate, while the notes coming out of the bottle and bond really kind of, they're stronger. You get a nice, heavier nose profile where you really can pick everything out. Sweet wheat dials it back a notch, sweetens everything up, and adds a bit of a floral note. Huh. That's an interesting that's an interesting palette. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Hence the silence. It is, um, it's a little bit more complex in a little regard. In a little bit of, man, I don't even know what to say. It's, it's, a, it's different as I think that's its intent. Is it, its intent is to be a bit different than the rest of the line. Um, I don't, not like that i it, it's just different um it's this is gonna sound silly but it's almost got a more organic flavor to it where it's you're kind of getting more of that wheat uh, grain in the palate so you're getting more of like a bread kind of a wheat bread uh underlying tone a sweet if you had a piece of wheat bread and you put some vanilla and caramel drizzled on it and took a bite out of it uh, well, that's almost too sweet, but maybe it's a subtle vanilla and caramel sprinkle <laughs> so that it's a little lighter on the palate, those flavors, because they're there, but they're not pronounced. They're, they're not forthcoming. They're not really kind of uh, leading the charge, so to speak. It's more of a weedy, a sweet, it's a sweet wheat. It really is. It's interesting. I, I don't hate that. I, w- I wasn't, not that I was really thinking I would, but weeded bourbons tend to be a little weird to me um, at this point. Again, that Weller 12, I do not, I did not like the Weller 12 at all. It was just too, too something. There's a bit of oak in that. So I'm getting a lot of that oak tannin thing that was coming out of the single barrel is definitely in the sweet wheat. It's just a little sweeter. <laughs> it just seems so silly to say that because it's part of the name, but it's the actual facts. But it's just it's a little bit sweeter and a little lighter, more delicate version of probably a single barrel. Some of that baking spice that was prevalent in the single barrel is missing because there's adding they added more wheat to it. Um, but I don't. That's that's good. It's not. It's not my favorite. I'm gonna put it below. bottled and bond um that is for sure all right the age 12 years 
48.3%. So I took a mouthful of this when I first got it, and I haven't really given it its due. And I think I gave uh, my friend Brantz a bigger pour of this after he tried our Elijah Craig to see how it stood up against a 12-year-old a twelve year old to a 12-year-old. Um, and he liked it. So, All right, so the age 12 year 1792 has a, a little bit more of a nose in line with the bottled and bond. It's kind of got it again, the vanillas, the caramels, your bourbon. It's the nice thing about 1792 is a lot like Buffalo trace is a lot like some heaven Hill products is a lot like anybody else. There is a baseline when you have a nice range from the same distillery, you have a nice baseline of what it is that they kind of do. So you get that familiarity it's there with all five of these now at this point. It's the same kind of undertones in the nose. What it does is it adds different, you get a variation of levels. So you get these higher notes in the bottled and bond, whereas a little more subdued in the single barrel, but they're, but they're not as, um, they're not missing like they are in a small batch. So a small batch kind of starts that curve, then a single barrel, then a bottled and bond, then a sweet wheat's kind of coming down on the back end. Now, the age 12 year is kind of plateauing a little bit, and you're kind of getting that same, you're almost kind of coming back up. Um, the sweet wheat would be a dip, and then you're starting to rise again with the age 12 year, getting back into some more of the succulent, familiar, familiar nose notes. <laughs> Tried to throw that together. I don't think I did very good. Um... Yeah, it's just, it's a little more put together than the sweet wheat was. Wow, that's actually pretty good. So the 12 year, it's got a lot of brown sugar with some rice spice intermingled in it. So it's a sweet yet spicy mouthfeel but it's light and it's subdued it's not very pungent it's not very powerful it's uh it's very easy to sip it's very smooth um kentucky hug has kind of been gone since the small batch it's all been kind of moderate from single barrel bottled and bond from the sb the bib to the sw to the um ATY from the age 12 years <laughs> we don't need more acronyms so the the finishes have all been kind of subdued since the small batch. That tends to happen when your first drink of the night too. That first pour is going to be a little hotter, unless it's a really really laid back bourbon. Um, at least if I found that to be the case in my experience. But this is this is pretty good. I'm still like the bottled and bond the best at this point because the age twelve year. is got some familiarity with a small batch to it. I feel like there's a little bit of um, a lighter version of the small batch as far as the oak, the oaky tannin medicinal aftertaste. It's there, which disappoints me um, a little bit, but it's it's a smooth drink, man. It really is. And I think for the price point, I thought it was a 40-ish bottle. If you can find it, 40 to 50, it's not, I mean, it's it's good. All right.
it's just different. So this is a very unusual range. Because <laughs> there's there's just... Well, I'll sum it up here at the end. Let's might as well finish off with the foolproof. So I'm going to have to be careful with this pour. Because this is... It's 120 proof. I don't want to kill myself and be blind the rest of the night. Oh, sorry. Aw. Meh. It's old. doesn't have that fresh pop. <laughs> oh, so yeah. So the foolproof kind of kicks you in the face a little bit. Just from that high proof, right? But the nose is still there. It's just more, it's just more intense. Same thing, same flavor profile for the most part. I might get a little more dark fruit out of it. Oof, but it definitely knocks your head back if you get your nose too far in there. Oh my gosh. So yeah, foolproof's just, it's fuller, right? Foolproof, fuller, fuller, fuller mouthfeel, fuller flavor profile. It just kind of dials everything up a notch. It's probably not my favorite still out of the six, but it is, um, it definitely has a more robustness to it, right? There's a little bit more complexity there. It's just kind of taking everything that you've learned from this journey from from the small batch through the foolproof i would put the age 12 year probably in, for, in front of the foolproof even though you probably shouldn't but in that in that order it kind of summarizes everything so if i'm going to rank these the way i've got them uh my bottled and bond is the clear winner with the single barrel coming in second. No, the bottled and bond is my, is my clear winner with, then I'll go age 12, the sweet wheat, the single barrel foolproof, and then the bottle or small batch, believe it or not. Uh, actually, <laughs> can I start over? Um, let me just bottled and bond is for sure. First. And then the age 12 year is going to definitely be second with sweet wheat. Yeah, then foolproof, then single barrel, then small batch. That is that is good. Um, so bottled and bond, 12-year, sweet wheat, foolproof, single barrel, small batch. Final answer. Okay, so that's kind of my ranking of what I've got. So remember, again, the single barrel and the bottled and bonds are store picks. So they're single barrel picks. They're um, going to be unique. You're not going to find the same thing in a bottle and bond that doesn't have a store pick label on it or a single barrel that doesn't have a store pick on it. You'll find foolproofs that have store picks that are store picks that are going to be different than what I've got. Um, you might even see small batches that are store picks. So it just depends on, you know, how the timing and the allocation and if, you're, if your local establishment um, gets it. Uh, I know 1792 is on our radar and our wish list, and we're hoping we'll get picked for one. Um, we'd like to do a 1792 as well. Uh, it's a good lineup, though. I mean, it really is. It's just a different. It's just a different route to take. Bardstown again has eight distilleries within its within a small radius of downtown Bardstown. So you've got on the way in, you've got again, you've got Jim Beam, Woodford. I had to think about that for a second. Jim Beam Woodford, and then you have Preservation, 
Willet, Old Barton, 1792, <laughs> Heaven Hill, uh, crap, Bardstown Bourbon Company, who am I missing? Oh, Luxro. <laughs> so you've got some great distilleries all within a small, short drive of downtown Bardstown, um, but all eight are very different, um, which that's whiskey, right? So what's interesting and what's fun and what's great about these whiskeys. And if you get into a, a, a vertical or you get into a single dist distillery and you start to get different expressions from the same distilleries, you start to notice familiarity. You start to get that, you sort of get that familiar note where you start to figure out and go, okay, these all have the same kind of intensity or the same kind of vanilla, the same kind of caramel. It's all got that same flavor profile where you're tasting the same thing throughout all six. But what you're getting is these peaks and valleys of that intensity of those flavors. So like the single barrel in the nose really starts to jump away from what you get out of the small batch. And then the bottle and bond, the palate gets a little more oily. You get a different feel. You get some banana, some different things that result from the interaction with the different wood and whatever that barrel was doing in the rickhouse. And then you go into the sweet wheat. They add, you know, they change they dial back the rye, add more wheat. They change the, the mash bill a little bit. And you get a different you get a different flavor, but you still get some of those underlying tones that is familiar with 1792. The 12-year, you're just getting that age, which adds some depth to it, but it doesn't quite differentiate itself from everything else, right? And then the foolproof, because it's all this, it's pretty much all of these combined, but then just dialed up to 10 or 11, depending on if you're, if you're like a, uh, oh, what the heck? Nigel, what's his tuft? What was his last name? Whatever. Spinal tap. Oh, I couldn't come up with spinal tap. Uh, so yeah, this goes up to 11. So yeah, the foolproof dials it up to 11 a little bit, but it's all the same profile and I completely derailed on that whole topic. So I'm sorry, but anyway, 1792 it's, I love the distillery. I love what they're doing. I would love to try the port finish. Um, cause I'm Gaga over port. I, I love anything finished in port. I had a Glendronach port wood that I bought from a one liquors uh, while we were down there picking up the barrel and, uh, it's good. And my cousins who do not like scotch thought it was good. So that's something. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to have six out of nine and I'm happy to have them all. Cause not only do they look good, but they all, they, they taste good. It's just different variations of it. So it's at the end of the day, it's not, um, it's nothing bad. And to be honest for the range, I'll rank the range in a strong 88, 89, uh, there's no, there's no, um, elite bottles here. I mean, let's just be honest. There's no elite bottles here. There's also some very good bottles. Um, very, very good, but there's nothing that's, that's elite. Uh, but that bottle of bond is pretty, it's actually pretty great. I really like that one a lot. I'm going to have to be careful with that one. Um, it is the third least. It has the third least amount in it, which isn't really saying much because I barely, barely touched it, but uh, the foolproof and this well, the small batch is leading. Um, foolproof is right behind it. But anyway, you guys don't care about my bottle uh, 
how full the bottles are. Anyway, I'm sorry. So anyway, thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, it was. I really enjoyed this flight. I think it's a fantastic flight. If you get a chance to put a flight like this together, please do so. Um, or if you get a chance to experience it, please do so. Um, and, and notice for yourself again, take your time with it and just kind of familiarize yourself with it. Because again, it's a journey. And, and each one of these is a chapter in the overall story of 1792 and what they're trying to do with this range. And each one has, you know, it has the same back, it has the same backstory, but each one has a little bit of a different journey in its, in its character development, if you will. Um, so it's, it's fun to see where it goes. And I'm going to be interested in how the single barrel and the sweet wheat, um, and even the 17, the age 12 year, sorry, uh, enhance as they open up a little bit. Once I get rid of a little more liquid in it and kind of open and get the first, I don't know, eighth of the bottle out of the way and let it uh, oxidize a little bit in the bottle and sit on the shelf for a month or so and revisit and see what it tastes like then. Cause it, it does change and, um, it will improve. I, I have no doubt cause the bottle and bond tastes better than it did. Small match, not so much, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> So thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, 45 minutes is a long time. That's what happens when you go through six. I know a lot of these heavy heavy um, head-to-head episodes will tend to go a little longer. There's a lot to talk about. But uh, thank you for listening, as always. And uh, thank you again for listening to the 90-minute uh, interview with Charlie Rodman, which was, I'm sure, way more interesting than this. But uh, I, I hope to set up some more interviews soon because they'll seem to be a hit. And it was. It was a lot of fun. He's such a great guy. And it was a great time to talk to him. And uh, as awkward as sometimes my responses were to a lot of things he was saying because I was just so struck by everything he was talking about. It was just, it was great. It was a good time. So uh, with that, I leave you, I hope you have a great weekend um, and a great uh, Valentine's Day. And if you're out there sipping whiskey with your with your significant other or whomever captures your imagination. I hope you're enjoying that whiskey one dram at a time.